Again. We're doing our thing. We're doing it all over again. I swear it like comes back quicker it's, every single it is, time. Yeah, but we did the January one later, didn't didn't we? I think, yeah. It was yeah. like mid-January yeah, or something. Not mid-January, but um, the first Sunday was like the third or the fourth and everyone was like grumpy and... Zombified. Yeah, just just not happy to be in a new year, essentially. No. So we made it a week later, I think. Yeah, that sounds Which is why. Right. But then next time it's going to seem closer as well because February is such a short month. And we might be recording slightly... Slightly earlier. earlier. Yeah, we might be recording earlier as well. But caveat that, listeners, all of that because we don't know. All of our episodes <laughs> are just going to concertina into each other at one point, and it'll just be a week-long podcast where we move in to be the change and Ant has to feed us brownies and coffee. Which I think he's actually always happy to do. Yeah, which I think he does every time we come in anyway, so that's, you know, that's probably not that dissimilar because, to our usual treatment. Because, you know, he's a lovely human being. He is a lovely human being. Um, the Be The Change team are lovely. In case you haven't guessed, we are back at Be The Change. Are we? Always. Um, I'm, I think this is our home now. Yeah. I think we've nested at, at Be The Chains. Yeah. I need to trim the nest around Yeah, me. Like, we need to, need to bring more books in and blankets and... and biscuits. Just, yeah, and just and just be here. I mean, I'm, I know the guys can't see me, but I'm like in the corner. I've never been so happy to have a corner. Yeah, Dan has taken over my corner this month because usually I'm the one that gets to sit in the corner and be grumpy and now, now I can't. Well, I can just in. sit in a different corner and be grumpy. I was going to say, you've <laughs> stolen my corner, essentially. Yeah, so we swapped corners. So if we seem a beat out, it's Dan's fault. Yeah, that's it. Blame Dan. Hashtag yeah. blame Dan. Hashtag blame Dan. <laughs> There you go, that's totally going to be our hashtag yeah, for the month. Yeah, <laughs> completely is. Things going wrong, hashtag blame Dan. But in a nice way. Yeah, in a nice way. I like being blamed. That sounded weird. Even. Okay, that might be an issue. Yeah, that's that a... You might want to talk through with someone. Charlie, I like being... No, let's no, not. <laughs> I'm not that kind of doctor, so we're going to need to talk it through with someone else. Of course. Of course, and FYI, Charlie, Dr. Charlie Barnes. Dr. Charlie Barnes. Always remember that. Always. Have I told you about when a mechanic asked me for health advice? No. Oh my god, it was the funniest thing. So I only so I only said doctor because I was in that position of being like a young woman with an older male mechanic mm. and, and I told him what I thought was wrong with my car and it absolutely was not what was wrong with my car. <laughs> so when so I was trying to pull back some sort of like IQ points or intellect points or just, just general social credibility. Um, and he said, so is it Miss or Mrs? And I said, it's Doctor. Oh. In, in that tone, because that's the sort of person I am. And, um, and he said, have you got any advice for cracked ribs? <laughs> And I was like, oh, um, not really that kind of doctor, but I would maybe think about taking some painkillers and going home. Yeah, lying down in a dark room. Oh, wait, that's yeah. migraines. Um, I'm like, oh no, that's Wednesdays. <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, not Sundays, though, because Sundays were here. Yeah, Sundays were here. Sunday, well, most Sundays. We um, seem to just hibernate. Can we talk about Be The Changes Coolster? I think we should. Um, so for the first time since we started recording, I am actually drinking tea yes. whilst recording instead of drinking coffee, um, which is lovely because Be The Change has about 38,000 different teas for you to choose from. I'm being hyperbolic, don't worry. Um, Dan looked really optimistic <laughs> that that was, a, that was an accurate estimate of the amount of teas here. Um, but have Bakewell tea. Oh, gosh. That. Which is really soothing. This might be the calmest that I've been for a podcast. Now, be careful because the last time you said that, we had a massive technical fault. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that was nothing to do with me being relaxed. No, it was me pressing the wrong buttons, probably. Hashtag blame Dan. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm opening the door to yeah, hashtag blame Dan. Um, so we're here with Bakewell, Bakewell Tea, and what contraption are you drinking? Uh, I actually can't remember. Oh, uh, oat cappuccino oat with, cappuccino. Double, nice. with double, double shot. shot. <laughs> yeah. Because I may or may not have had about six gin and tonics last night. Whoops. Bleed neck. And a couple of JD and Cokes. You're living the life. And a cider. <laughs> my Saturday night goals were to have an early night. <laughs> well, my Saturday night goal was to just watch Match of the Day and go to bed. I did that. Just the alcohol consumption came up a bit higher than I intended. No, when do you need a coffee? Christ on a bike. I'm still going. I actually feel fine other than yeah, sleeping. I'll bet you do. <laughs> anyway. So, so uh, in other news, Dan's a drunk. Um, <laughs> Pretty and much. we are at Be The Change and we are 
very, very, very happy to be um, bringing in the wonderful Ruth Stacey as our guest for this month. Hello, Ruth. Hello, it's nice to be here. Nice to have you. Um, Ruth, who is um, an accomplished poet, mm-hmm. um, she has just uh, released her new collection, I Ursula, which came out with Fee Press. It was Friday its official birthday? It was. Um, Good gosh. So, officially out on Friday. Um, we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, she also works um, at the creative writing department at the University of Worcester. Um, I'm sure that the other member of the creative writing department <laughs> won't be offended if I say that she is the beating heart. Um, not, it's not even me, it's just Jack. Oh, oh my <laughs> god, do you remember in Will and Grace when there was just Jack? Are you too young for that? Do I you remember Will and Grace. No, you're not too young. <laughs> I remember Will and Grace, I just didn't watch it. Had such, a, <laughs> yeah. such a quiet panic then. Um, so yeah, on Friday, Jack introduced you as the beating heart of the creative he writing did. department, so I feel yeah. justified in, in borrowing that. Is that my quote now? Yes. <laughs> yeah, under job title, yeah, beating heart of the creative writing department. Um, so Ruth orchestrates wonderful events um, in and around Worcester as part of the university. Um, she has a whole series of, of guests coming over the next few months as well. Um, so she really does do wonderful things and we are going to encourage her to tell every, everyone everything about them over the next however many minutes this, this rattles on for. And so, of course, let's not forget, Ruth is a lovely human being as well. Yeah, Ruth is oh. also just a good human, which is the people that we like to surround ourselves with whenever we can. Absolutely. Particularly nowadays. Yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we are lacking in good humans nowadays, so we're just going to invite them all on to Tea Biscuits and Books one Pretty by much. one. Pretty much. Um, so we are going to get, I'm going to get more tea, not more coffee. You're going to get, oh, more now tea. I feel guilty. You're living by the name of our podcast and I'm living by how much caffeine I need in my system. I feel so selfish. Hashtag playing down. Of course. <laughs> you've honestly, you've opened an avenue for this now. I really have, haven't I? So, so um, Charlie goes and tops up her tea levels and yeah. I try and think about every life mistake I've made that yeah. can be used for hashtag playing down. Yeah. We're going to be right back. Lazy pacing clouds. The field is unseen beyond our view. Clouds have fallen low, low. We force our clumsy, thick-socked feet into boots and part the air like a curtain. Stepping onto the stage, the thrum of the earth mimics the clapping beat-beat of an audience. This is the slow, slow time. Above us, nothing but grey drapes. The water in the air cups our faces and smooths from chin to brow like an eager beautician applying storm-scented creams. We have no words, just shiver stumble after the dog. Our rented cottage crumbles behind us. Living here is living with the sky. See it, coyly threaded with white ribbons, peach ripe and lavender tinted at dusk. Menacing, whale heavy, dark and ready to burst. All this, near and intimate, wanting to touch the people, tree and soils. Pay attention to me, the low clouds gargle, hear my rainfall soliloquy. Oh man, can we just spend the rest of the podcast listening to Ruth read from Ayrshire? I think we could do that definitely. (laughs) You know when you just... Like, feel yourself relax. Yes. That's what just happened. I think that is like the most relaxed I think either of us have been all week. Oh my God, easily. (laughs) Maybe even all year. I'm already in February. Yeah, yeah, maybe even all year. Um, Thank you so much, Ruth, for introducing us with a poem. Thank you, Ruth. That is absolutely beautiful. You know, I was listening to that, and I don't know about you, Charlie, but I was taken to like a beautiful, rural... I don't know, setting in the Welsh moors or something like that. It was completely stunning. And it was also one of those poems that I thought, oh, that's a really good line. I'll I'll compliment her on that one. And then two seconds later, (laughs) like, that's a really good line. I'll compliment her on that one. And now now my brain is like, peach, lavender, storm scented. And they were all just sort of meshed into into one big compliment. Um, So yeah, it was really beautiful and really, really rich. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. I think I just felt it if you see what I mean yeah. like, I think there's there's some, uh, there was something like tangible about it wasn't exactly. there exactly I think we were talking about this on another episode where you you hear words mm. and you go oh yeah that's quite nice but I think it's a different thing to hear it listen to it deeply yeah. and 
truly feel it in your heart yeah. and soul. If it's evoking feeling, then I'm I'm doing what I want to do because um, my work comes from a, a symbolist poetic technique mm. background, so I'm trying to evoke feeling in the reader. You definitely did that for words, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so having a collection of imagery that's subjective and you're not entirely sure what it is, it's very decorative and very richly described. Um, the idea being, being that feelings are closer to something poetically true mm. than being truly realist and descriptive. That's kind of where I'm coming from. And I think you succeed in that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it's really... I want to describe it as heavy, but I mm. but I don't want that to be. No, I don't want that. I, I don't mean, mean that. Yeah. In, I don't mean that in a negative way. Yeah. yeah, like a rich cake. Yeah, it's a big bite of yeah, something quite rich. Very it much takes so. a while to to digest yeah, it. Very much. I so. don't mind that description. Okay, that's a good description. <laughs> heavy poetry. It's heavy. Heavy, heavy poetry. <laughs> heavy poetry filled with goodness. Yeah, <laughs> filled with cakey goodness. <laughs> that's what it is. Goodness. I like this. <laughs> description. Um, oh, cake. <laughs> okay, we might have to pause halfway through and go and get brownies. Oh, we can do that. Um, can we segue into um, things that Ruth likes reading? I think we should. Are we, are we okay for that? Yeah, okay I reckon that? so. Um, so before we started recording today, we told Ruth that kind of like one of our standard questions is um, what, um, what what your favourite book is. Um, sorry, I completely forgot what words were then. Um, my sorry, brain, I, brain was like, er. Sorry, I can't string sentences together um, this week, so you're fine. You'll be fine between the two of us. Yeah. Um, so we asked, uh, we, we, oh my goodness. <laughs> so we told Ruth that we were likely to ask her what her favourite book is. And Ruth said, how can you pick just one? And as soon as Ruth said that, Dan and I went, oh my God, how can you pick, how can you pick just one? How can you pick five? Yeah, how can, how can you pick only a hundred? How is that possible? Um, so rather than saying Ruth do you have a favourite book I'm going to be broad and say Ruth do you have a favourite genre oh that is to read I don't know whether that's I don't know whether that's any broader than asking about a favourite book slightly yeah it's broader Um, I think it's really hard because I'm really in love with books as Mm. you well you know so I fall passionately in love with a book and once it's once it's in my sort of in love zone it stays elevated then so I've got many many books that I, I can enthuse about and I feel passionate about um if you know that idea of saying which is one that is the, the top it's yeah. quite difficult but um I do love Thomas Hardy mm. oh, how I, lovely. I do um Tessa the D'Urbervilles or the Woodlanders something yeah. like that um I just love reading them and I've read them again and again and just still love them yeah um it, I love the characters I love the setting I think the rural setting as you said that poem mm. itself had a rural mm. setting my grandparents um timber merchants and my dad's gamekeeper and and this kind of other side of family farmers so very much sense of place and landscape that I like although Hardy obviously was in the imaginary Wessex and we're Worcestershire a lot of what's in those books speaks to me and makes me feel connected to that kind of rural heritage but I love magical realism very 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 much Um, and I particularly enjoy the work of a writer called Louise Erdrich. Okay. Um, and she wouldn't actually classify herself as magical realist, although there are elements within it. Yeah. But she's a contemporary Native American writer. Right. And she's very similar to Faulkner, who I also love. Right. And it's all sets characters that come out into each um, novel, keep reappearing in other novels. And they're all set around a reservation. And it's just wonderful. Her writing is deeply poetic and full of imagery. And then because of the Native American heritage, there are magical elements that yeah. come from their myths and their legends. And it's just the best books. So. I imagine that like an interconnectivity with characters from one novel to the next also complements kind of like the heritage feel yeah. and the sort of like the family importance of it that comes through with that sort of literature. Absolutely. Sense of place, belonging to a landscape. Yeah. Really important. Yeah. I think yeah. That's, that's important for a lot of writing, I think, because if you... I don't know, the poetry community I'm talking about here in in Worcestershire, Mm. you do get that sense of being connected to other people when you listen to someone else's work, don't you? And I think to have that connection just from reading as well, reading in your own space and taking you to that beautiful setting is something, it's a skill, Mm. I think, Mm. that most writers are probably aware of doing it, but don't subconsciously, well, consciously realise they're doing it. Um, 
and I think it came across in your poem, absolutely. Yeah, very much so. Now you've said Hardy, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. But I remember reading Tess for the first time when I was doing my undergrad, and and this whole, like, fallen woman concept and how she's treated throughout the novel. And, and like, it was a real... Like, I hope that none of my students are listening to this or none of our students are listening to this because they'll laugh and go, that's such a charming thing to say. Um, (laughs) But it was a real, like, it was a real bolt down this table moment in terms of, like, how she's... How she's yeah. treated throughout the novel, and he's very brave in what he does. Yeah, very much so. He he wants to present the unfairness of it, yeah, and show that the situation, the men are judged in a very different way. Um, calling Angel Claire and literally an angel, yeah. <clears throat> but then obviously does not act like an angel no. at all. And the older I've got, returning to Tess, the more sympathy I have for Alec Durbeville. Yeah. And it's really interesting that how, my, how I read it when I was 16 to read, yeah. read it now mm-hmm. and the difference I feel with all the characters. And I love how he leaves it very ambiguous. Yes. Some people don't say it's ambiguous. They think it's clearly a rape scene. Yeah. But the more I reread it and actually go to the text, I feel that it's, does she just relinquish into passion? Yeah. And that, of course, is also seen as, as very immoral. Yeah. But I, I think their relationship is quite, it's wonderfully complex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. When I when I first read it, I was absolutely set on it being a rape scene, absolutely. even though it's not explicitly yeah. stated as it. I don't know whether mm. you've read it or not. I actually haven't. Oh my um, God, so I'm getting all... I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. hooked because yeah. I haven't read it. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So there is this huge question mark over whether Tess has been sexually assaulted or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hardy does not give you any explicit details no. at all. It's very much... Like it, it's almost a cinematic moment mm. where there would be like a jump cut or a fade out. That's Literally. what I'm imagining. Yeah. Some fog. Yeah. yeah, he brings in fog. Yeah, very much I mean, so. Yeah, but the kind of the, the black and white reading that Tess would, is just this pure innocent mm. girl who's taken advantage of, and I think he's actually being clever, more clever than that yeah. because I think he's suggesting actually Tess is a woman who has feelings, yeah. sexual desire, <clears throat> and she gives into that sexual desire in this moment with Alec. And then instantly regrets it. Yeah. And then all the consequences that come on from that. And she's also, you know, she's more sort of um, full of desire for Angel even. Yeah. And Angel can't handle it. So I think that Hardy's saying women have, you know, these emotions. Yeah. And we can't judge them in the way that we are. A poor Tess dies in the end. Oh, gosh. Yeah. yeah it's I mean, do you know. Heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic. What do you expect? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, wouldn't be a classic without it. No, it wouldn't. So she has. She, he gives the reader in that public at that time this awful ending yeah. to say, you know, is this fair? Is this right? Oh, Have the men been judged the same way? And so I think it's, it's a great, it's a, you know, brilliant book. Is, are there any other classics that you're especially drawn to, or is it just all all of the classics? Um, I don't know. I love Anna Karenina. Oh, okay. <laughs> but then it's a very similar, yeah. you know, similar sort of um, subjects being discussed in that. Um, I, I like so many. I mean, I love I love American writing. Yeah. I really do. And I went through a phase of reading as many American classics as possible. Um, so The Scarlet Letter, yeah. obviously, by Hawthorne. But I love that later period as well. So J.D. Salinger is one of my most mm. favourite writers. Yes, um, absolutely. I love... I, I just love it's very small output yeah um, and each one are very cherished to me um, I love Franny and Zooey Franny yeah. and Zooey is one of my most favourite books and it had a profound effect on me when I read it because the main character the young girl is seeking a spiritual enlightenment and she's very intellectual and she's very sort of come up against lots of phonies and people who are just faking her you know at, at university and yeah. college and, and she's just looking around thinking what on earth's going on and that her family's very precocious mm. And she comes back home. It's a really two very small novellas. The first part is her having a bit of a breakdown, which I could empathise with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, I, think <laughs> I definitely can. Yeah, absolutely. And then the second half, her brother and her, her mother are having a conversation. He's in the bath and his, his mother bustles in. Um, and, you know, he's like, oh, goodness sake, what are you doing in the bathroom? And they have this incredible conversation where she's basically trying to entreat Zoe to, to go and help his sister. And the way the conversation is written is just perfection. Um, so human. And then Zoe leaves the bathroom. He sort of thinks, okay, I will help her. And he goes to a different bedroom and he rings Franny. And because he's an actor, he impersonates a different brother so that Franny will come to the phone. And they have a conversation. He talks to her about wanting to be an actress and everything. And he says to her, um, she, you know, she goes through all the problems she's got. And he says, you know, just, you've just got to do it for the for the fat lady you know you've got to do it for that person in the back row you've got to go and perform because it's your art 
and do it for the person who's furthest away. And she's very sort of moved by this. And he says, don't you realise who the fat person, the fat lady is? You know, it's Jesus Christ. And it's in that moment she realises that sort of Christ is in everybody. And if she goes and uses her art, it's just going to benefit somebody, yeah. somebody out there. So even if your art seems like, I felt like, even if maybe you're not going to make any money from it, you're not going to do anything to it, you should do it because you're true to it. Yeah. And it's something beautiful and profound in it, that even someone far away, you can move them, you can cause a moment, like you talked earlier about being a good human being. And I just found that really spoke to me. I, mean, I was very young when I read it first, and I felt like, yes, Sanja knows something that's worrying me. Yeah. Or, yeah. And I think that's stayed with today's writers, if I think. Yeah, very getting, much so. I think we, <laughs> as writers, don't write necessarily to make a big name or be no. famous or rich even. It's simply about connecting with someone yeah. in America, Australia, wherever, yeah. and helping them through whatever they're going through because you've lived that same experience. Yeah. That, to me, anyway, is more valuable yeah. than a big royalty check at the yeah. end of the day. Absolutely. I think I'm compelled to write. I can't not write. Mm. And when, I, when I've written a poem like the one I read a minute ago and I feel it's finished and completed and then share it, it feels just something special mm. it feels like that moment of, of doing it for the fat lady in the back row who in that moment they're moved by it and yeah. i just i think yeah i think seeing and this is going to sound really weird but when i perform or when we perform as poets i think if someone actually has a tear in their eye for one reason or another i think you know you've done your job well yeah completely uh, yeah. um i remember one of my lecturers very, very early on um, in my PhD asking what was at stake um, and the first time he said it to me it felt like a really vague mm. question and I didn't, I didn't entirely understand what he wanted by way of an answer and, and I saw him um, monthly I think and he said just just sit with it and, mm. and think for a little while what's at stake mm. and, and it took a little while for the penny to drop but, but ultimately you have to have something that you want to achieve and whether that's connecting with someone or whether it's discussing a social issue or a cultural yeah. issue or, or anything along those lines like you, you have to have something that is intended to resonate with someone else. Mm. Uh, do you want to hear a macabre reason? Because Always. We do, <laughs> yes. I quite often will ask a group of students, you know, why why do you want to be a writer? And they come up with lots of different ideas. Um, and when they say, you know, make money, I, I veto yeah. that. Cut them off for <laughs> <at> the past. <laughs> but obviously you can, you can make money from it. Of course yeah, you can, yeah. but you also have to be realistic. But, you know, they gave me a lot of different reasons and, you know, those are, you know, all the things. But the one thing they didn't mention, which is really why I want to be a writer, I yeah. think, is because when I'm gone, I like the idea that my poem might still be floating around yeah. and it's a form of immortality yeah. and so it's that living on. Mm. So if someone finds my poetry book or they find my poem, I'm not really ever gone. No. Mm. And that's that, I think that's, I was very frightened of death when I was little. Um, I'm very overthinking, I'm oversensitive yeah. and I think I was quite traumatised once I realised people were going to die. Yeah. And one of the things when I discovered, well I've always loved writing but I realised that if I wrote something, here I am reading Thomas Hardy. Well, he's dead. Yeah, and years I'm, and years later, yeah. still breathing. So if yeah. I can even get one poem that somehow stays, then I feel like I've I've kind of won. I think that's a I think that's a fair reason. Oh, I think so. Absolutely, mm. more than fair. It's mm. the reason I think. Try not to cry here. Don't <laughs> don't cry down. <laughs> I feel like I had this conversation with someone once about having children because I don't want children. Mm. I've I've always been very firstly very certain of that secondly very open about the fact that I don't want children um, and That's I very tiring child no, <laughs> hard, hard pass I'm fine um, I have lots of friends who have lots of cute children and that's that's enough. <laughs> close, close enough to having them. Um, but I feel like I had this conversation with someone once where I said that I didn't need children because I had books. Yeah, mm. yeah. I see them. I honestly, it's a bloody birth. Giving it birth really is. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I can say I've had three children, so I can say it's of a similar process. Yeah. It really does feel like um, part of your soul has been extracted yeah. to put into this book and then put it into the world. Yeah. And it's just as arduous in a way. Yeah. yeah, and then I, like you say, the same immortality if it will, yeah. if it sticks. Yeah, very you know, much. It's your so. legacy. Yeah, mm. yeah, it completely is. And and I think 
it comes down as well to what you want to be remembered for, doesn't it? Yeah. And it and it sort of forces your hand into this is a very deep and meaningful <laughs> right. deep and meaningful twist. Um, but it forces your hand in terms of like, well, if I'm going to go, what do I want yeah. to have left behind? And I want to leave something of high quality. Yeah. It's got to be, um, you know, this comes back to like you know in your early career yeah. when you might publish things that aren't the best standard mm-hmm. yet. <laughs> Or you might get oh, you know, yes. sucked into one of those vanity presses or something that try yeah. and publish you. Yeah. And you get, there's all those early pitfalls that you yeah. have as a writer. Um, I, was, I think I was always quite aware, not, I, I did get pulled into something like that, but I was very aware, I think because I think, worry about the kind of long term, yeah. I was always very aware of, oh, this represents me. Mm. You know, so in some ways that gave me procrastination and me, meant I didn't publish yeah. anything so I felt ready. But because I didn't like the thought of something that wasn't truly representative of my idea of what yeah. I wanted as my legacy. Mm. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah. That's quite a big thing to worry over. Yeah. I, I mean, it is. But but equally, I like I love I love all of my books very much. They are they are my children. Yeah. I will, I will yeah. nurse them as long as I'm here to do so. But I have some very very early poems that were published yeah. in in anthologies, and at the time it was oh my god i've finally got something published in a book this is amazing i think even one yeah. of them ended up getting a 25 pound check for it and well, i thought oh my oh, god for oh, that. My, oh my goodness like I'm, I'm gonna frame the check i'm never gonna spend the money i'm gonna i'm gonna make a living out of writing and all of yeah. these dramatic things that you think when you're sort of when you when you're 18 essentially yeah. and um i'm proud of the publication but the poem i'm like pray god never let anyone who knows me read it yeah because it is not my best work exactly exactly it's there's a training ground where you're learning to be a writer and that's also why we have conversations at university about whether or not you can teach creative writing yeah and of course you can because it's like if you're a a, you know um a furniture maker the first few things you make will be rough and awful yeah and then as you become more accomplished and you know some people don't think you can become a proper furniture maker unless you've done it for 20 years yeah same with a writer i mean i wanted to be a writer from when i was very young i mean i was at school when i was eight or nine and um i can still remember maybe i was a little maybe 10 they made us do an exercise what do you want to be and you know i wrote i'm going to be a writer and I'm going to write about Henry VIII's wives <laughs> because so I like cute. I like history and I'm going to do it. So I knew I was quite focused. Yeah. I knew what I wanted. But... You knew what you were about. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a long time of being lost and not knowing. Oh, I also have to make money. Or oh, here's I've got to go and do this job. I've got to do that job. Yeah. And what you know, and I I didn't know about the community of writers because we didn't have the internet. Yeah. In those days, you yeah. Know, I used to sometimes a see oil. a bit of things pinned up somewhere. It would say there's a poetry night at this place. Then turn up and it wouldn't be on. Oh. Can you imagine? No internet. No Instagram, no Facebook. <laughs> I mean, for all its evils, that, yeah. it's helped us have community yeah, much in a so. much better way. Because yeah, as you know, as you said earlier, Worcester's got loads of things going on, loads of nights. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of being able to just say, hey, this is happening. And yeah. So yeah, for that reason, I love Facebook and I love you know Instagram. They're, they're great little tools. So, But yeah. <laughs> and I think it's important to have that connection both on and offline. Like, yeah. I think we're really fortunate in Worcester, I think, to have mm. that uh, that option to say to our friends, our peers in the writing community, hey, I'm not too sure about this line, I'm not too sure about mm, this paragraph, yeah. what do you think of yeah. the honest critique? Like, we've sent each other, Charlie yeah. and I, we've sent yeah. each other things yeah, absolutely. before. It's essential. Yeah, yeah. yeah it really is. Yeah. Um, Claire Walker who's obviously been on before and she and I have sort of written our own thing together um, which is very exciting she's a really wonderful person to write with I think it's great working um, collaboration yeah and it, it, it really helped us both get into a better rhythm of things but we're also not shy about saying oh I've written this and I really don't know I really don't know if yeah. it's working yeah. um, and Claire will send me a poem and sometimes I'll even send her prose and say I, I don't I don't know that what I'm trying to do is actually what's coming out is yeah. there any way that you can it's vital you can, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah very much so to get so. that second opinion yeah, yeah very much so yeah. it's been it's been a huge help to all of us I think yeah. to have someone to to rest on absolutely yeah and I think as well it's important to have that um, that person who's not afraid to give you the honest answers because I think there's, uh, there's nothing worse than having someone be like a a yes person I think and saying yeah this is really really good when actually it needs a bit of yeah. polishing around the edges potentially yeah. Um, but yeah 
Awesome. Getting an insight into the world of writing communities. Yeah, and we've dipped into writing already. <laughs> I'm going to try my absolute best and not break down in this next interval. Yeah, we're going to ha- gonna have a quick interval for Dan to have a little cry in for me to get some more tea. <laughs> yeah, I've run out of my contraptions, Charlie oh, okay. called it earlier. Right, okay, well, we need to stock up on caffeine at the very least. I'm, like, I'm tempted to have a tea, you know. Yeah, let's all have a tea. Should we all have a tea? Yeah, maybe. God. Yeah, we have never pause, sounded more pause, British. Pause, pause. <laughs> let's have a cup of tea and think things over emotionally destroyed have a cup of tea yeah that sounds about right um, so we will get tea and then we will be back with some more book talk and some biscuit talk because we haven't got onto that yet that's a really important thing could we get like a dun dun to edit in I'll see if I can hunt around see what you see what you can do I'm the master of that's what you can do in the interval Ruth and I'll go get tea that might end badly. <laughs> it's going to have a really long moo or something. <laughs> it may well end up being that. Um, so I'm going to hunt around on the internet for a sound effect. Yeah. Charlie and Ruth are going to hunt around for tea. And yeah. I'm going to try and not cry in my corner. Yeah. We'll be back in five. We'll be right back. So we have tea. We do. We've t- oh. talked a lot about tea during that five minute interval that actually became a 20 minute interval because we all started talking about tarot cards. Yeah, I mean, what is time, Charlie? Yeah, We've had what this is discussion. It's, it's an abstract concept enforced by a capitalist, communist structure words. Are you feeling all right? So I've had a lot I of tea. I think she's drank too much had a, tea. I've had a lot of tea and we've talked about, like, nice poetry things and I'm just ready for a little downtime now really <laughs> I think you're conking out is yeah, what's happening yeah I am conking out afternoon nap oh god this is what happens when I don't have coffee yep mm. now we know We're bit, we'll, I'll be better prepared for next week <laughs> that's why I always have coffee although I'm, I'm going to be good because we're called Tea Biscuits and Books, I actually... Moved over to tea. I have tea. Charlie has twisted my arm. It's now pointing backwards towards Call Market Car Park. But at least it ta- like the tea tastes good, right? <laughs> worth it. Definitely yeah, worth definitely it. Yeah, definitely worth it. So Dan and I are both on Bakewell tea, which is my new favourite thing in the world. Absolutely. And what's your mug say? How to be a unicorn or something? Yeah, reasons to be a unicorn. I mean, so I will be stunning and I can fly and I have an awesome horn that I can stab idiots with. (laughs) Everything that I look for in life, essentially. So, so Worcester, stay out of Charlie's way. She has now become a unihorn. (laughs) Unihorn! Words, damn words. Oh my god, this is why we actually can't drink tea while we're recording. Oh, that's Tea bad. is too soothing. We need to be on edge. <laughs> we need to be edgy. Yeah, we need to be we need to be edgy while we're recording. Not mellow and chilled. <laughs> oh no, unicorn! Oh, that's gonna stop. Oh my god, that could be our next, next hashtag. Hashtag blame Dan for being a unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Ruth, um, quick, help us out here before I, we completely so, lose it. I think it's going down a path here that's going odd. Yeah. What do you mean going down Go, the path? Going down the odd path. And yeah. I think it's because the mugs are actually fortune-telling mugs. They yes. are. Yes, they are. yeah, the mugs are fortune-telling mugs. So I do aspire to be a unicorn. And apparently mine says, feeling stressed, relaxed in tranquil countryside. Well, yeah. that, anyone who knows me knows yeah. that and those are personally attacking me. I'm worried because mine says, I love spreadsheets. So. A writer who loves spreadsheets. I mean, maybe love is a slight overstatement. I use spreadsheets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes oh, rely is... on. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love love is exaggeration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, love might be overstepping it. But you did say that you need to do something with a spreadsheet. So maybe so. It's, it's advising me to, the fortune telling mark, is yeah. saying get on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's exactly what's happened. I yeah. think that's exactly what it is. So you come here and you get a fortune telling mark. Yeah. Well, I think we pulled that back really well. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody knew. No, I think we styled that out perfectly. Absolutely. We are the king and queen winging it, I think, is what, <laughs> is what, is what we are. As Ruth goes for another hit of caffeine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah gentle caffeine. Gentle caffeine. Um, so, during the interval, we started a conversation about whether Ruth has a favourite biscuit, but I asked her not to tell me what her favourite biscuit was, because I wasn't ready to hear it. Um, but... I feel like now now we're on air and I have to curb my re- my reaction. Maybe I am ready to hear it. So, Are you sure? The, no. No, I'm not. Um, um, the big question, Ruth, what's your favourite biscuit? It is a peanut butter cookie. Wow. Yeah. 
Be the I'm change has literally just gone silent <laughs> as I'm, you said that. I'm, I'm wide-eyed, listeners. You can't you can't hear it, but I'm wide-eyed. A peanut butter cookie. That's such an interesting yeah. selection. Well, they're delicious, and it's very easy to make. There's loads of recipes online. It just it's basically a, a cookie dough, a biscuit dough with yeah. a big wadge of peanut butter in it, and they just melt into lovely flat cookies that are really crispy and amazing. Oh my god! So I make them quite a lot. Dan and I I'm, are absolutely floored. <laughs> We're like, that sounds amazing, why haven't we had one? I, I don't even like peanut butter and I'm like, I want this cookie. You don't like peanut butter? No. Not I, even a little bit? Not what? really. <laughs> I mean, it's the texture. I love peanuts. Like, I'll eat peanuts all day long. You might like a smooth peanut butter cookie then. Don't go for the crunchy. I, I always pick crunchy because I like texture. Like, yeah. Mm. yeah. I think that's what yeah. it is. I think that's what it is. I had a Nigella donut. has a good recipe. Oh, just, okay. just a plug there first. Just, 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 just a plug she needs it. But... <laughs> not the night. Ni- ni- oh, God. Words, Dan. Not that Nigella needs any you extra, know, extra no. promotion. No. But she does have a good biscuit recipe, so. I had um, a peanut butter donut the other day. Wow. Which was, I'm not going to lie, it was really bloody good. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Absolutely witty on her face again. Yeah. I'll make you some of these biscuits, Charlie, and I'll we bring can, them into work. Okay, yeah, let's do that. That, okay. sounds, that sounds like a fun activity for everyone. <laughs> Yeah, whatever, whatever tutorials you're meant to have, being like, I'm really sorry, yeah. I've got an important meeting coming up. Cancel all your plans. It's the Char- peanut butter cookie meeting. Yeah, Charlie and I need to consult with each other on some yeah. very important things. Yeah, that's that moderation, sounds, that sounds perfect. Yes, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, oh my goodness, peanut butter cookie, that sounds yummy. I mean, how is it? We do this podcast, and I get hungrier and hungrier the further oh, along God, we yeah. go. Further along we get, the more I'm like, "Is it lunchtime yet? Can you can you have lunch at eleven a.m.? Is that <laughs> it's eleven? Is this? Yeah, Guys, it's ten past twelve. So, so we are getting closer yeah. to lunchtime. By the time we've wrapped up, we'll be at lunchtime. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I think we'll be closer to dinner time. Yeah, maybe the way we go in. Um, so now we've now we've got the tenses question of the show out of the way. I know, that's always the big one. It is, it is the biggest question that we ask. Yeah. Um, we would like to talk to you a little bit about I Ursula, which obviously came out on Friday. Yeah. Um, so for people who don't know much about the collection or much about your writing, like what sort of things can they expect from the collection? Okay, so this is my um, second collection, mm-hmm. and so the poems have been collected over ten years, really. Um, and brought together, um, so some have been in magazines and journals and some have pu- published online and and then there were two sequences of poems, one that was called Decorative, yeah. about artist muses and one that was called Foxboy, which is about um, animal shape-shifting and mixed ethnicity. Sold. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I brought together the best poems from those two sequences and the best poems I've had published and, and written and then looked at it as a collection and obviously had a lot of help ordering with V Press editor, Sarah Sarah Leasley, who's an excellent, diligent um, editor, and she helped me get a really good sequence together. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realised there's lots of themes that come out. It's a lot about um, mental health, anxiety, a lot about being a mother, worrying about children and the future, Um, a lot about muses, about my muse, um, about putting him in the position of being objectified and me writing poems about him, mm-hmm. whether he likes that or not, making him an object of desire, um, which is a position usually female muses were in, yeah. so it's subverting that. And then thinking about actual famous artist muses and writing in their voices. So you get a dialogue between me sort of being the artist looking at the muse and actually the muses speaking back. So yeah, you're getting that two-way dialogue between yeah. really important aspects of the soul. Gosh, we really are going deep and meaningful this week, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we really are. I love um, raging feminist in me. Really loves <laughs> yeah. the the idea of like subverting muse expectations yeah. in terms of like women being the people that are written about. Whereas in this situation, it's the woman absolutely. who is doing the writing. I've got a good poem about that. A very small one. If you want to just quickly read it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Dan's like, yes, yes. <laughs> feed us poetry. <laughs> Okay, so the first poem that opens the collection um, is designed to lead you into that idea. Yeah. Okay, so it's called A Verse Muse. If you don't want poems written about you, then do not make me fall in love with you by seducing me softly until the honey suckles. You should flee female poets. Their call will transform you into a buck, leaping to escape the word dogs. This is solid advice. It is true. Beware. Your brown eyes will turn bitter. I am not just this season, not your bit of fun, because I will write poems that will petrify your royal jelly into wax. I will describe the growl that you make as you come. 
I love that poem so much. I've heard oh it my gosh. a handful of times already, and I love it so much. I never get bored of hearing it. Oh, yeah, I never get bored of hearing it. I think it's like a real misnomer that, like, I don't know that female writers have to be like gentle. Well, actually, it caused someone online to go into a, a, a spasm of anger. Really? <laughs> yeah, because the artist, an amazing um, artist, Magdalena Kazan who did the cover for me. Mm-hmm. It's she, a beautiful cover, It's a beautiful I have to cover. Say. Yeah, it really is. Um, check our Instagram later. Yes. We're going we're gonna to pop a little photo on there. Put a link into her, her website. She's amazing, a Polish artist. And um, she put a picture of the cover on her website. And then, and then she put that poem with it yeah. to show what the poetry collection was about. And underneath lots of people wrote nice things. And then someone went mad, a male of someone. Mm. And he just basically said, you know, feminists have gone mad. This has gone too far. This sounds like a feminist brand of crazy and his big offence was how basically what you just said mm. it was that you know women shouldn't be speaking this way and being you know overtly aggressively sexual or and it was, it was so interesting because that's exactly why I wrote the poem to yeah. subvert that expectation but um, a feminist strain of madness that's what he said and I wanted to make that into a badge so I could wear it feminist that would be an yeah. excellent I brand think, I think that's a poem in of itself <laughs> isn't it <laughs> strain of madness what an absolute look Another man came along and, and he schooled him yeah. and he just said if you're threatened by a, a strong woman who then yeah. basically shame on you and they had a big argument and it all the, you know it was all on this poor woman's website they had an argument back and forth but look, the other guy won luckily the guy who was yeah. defending I think he, he schooled him enough so on the one hand I feel sorry for her like having that on her website yeah. Yeah. but on the other hand go with the dude who won yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> having stuff like that in public forum is important it is important because, because the guy who initially commented to say women shouldn't talk like this like he is not alone no like, there will exactly. be a, there will be a trial of Neanderthals somewhere who agree who agree that women shouldn't speak like this absolutely um, so I think it's worthwhile to have someone yeah. like publicly called out yeah, um, by someone who's not involved in the situation who was just uh, just yeah. an observer who was thought that's not okay to it's have done that yeah um, we all have to do a bit of that yeah very do much more, so. so yeah very much so yeah. oh my god who knew it was such a controversial poem I know um, it's a, just a little poem it caused yeah, a lot of anger it caused a lot of trouble for such a little poem and of course it's why my husband can't come to my poetry reading he didn't come to the book launch because the poems are so personal yeah oh, and yeah. there's so much sort of animal shape shifting and me objectifying him and lusting after him and, and you know it's so it's very it's very interesting to sit there and be the muse yeah. mm-hmm. and he has to be that he's like Hello, you know obviously I also use personas and that well not all about him because obviously we yeah. slip into you know yeah, we do that all the time there's, there's lots of different voices in there and, and it's, he shouldn't be as simplistic as thinking oh they're all about no yeah but he just sits there and, you know the bear poem which yeah. I read a lot um, he's like they all think that I'm the bear and I'm not sitting there for that <laughs> so so yeah it's really interesting, interesting concepting of being the muse yeah, yeah. But he doesn't stop me writing about him. He's like, no, it's, it's your art. You just, yeah. you know, there's poems in there that are very, very frank, very about emotional stuff and about mental illness, both his and mine. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, not, not like you go into it willingly, but I think like if you, if you are with an artist, <laughs> yeah. it's like I said, I'm, I'm I like, warned him. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, is it that much of a surprise, really? Absolutely. Uh, do you know, like? And you will remember this, like some of the stuff that I wrote and performed last summer yep. was was like hugely personal and hugely directed to a to a certain personal incident that mm. had happened. But um, I feel like it might have been Anne Carson who said, "You own everything that happened to you." Exactly. So if people want, it's something like if people want you to write fondly about them, they should have behaved better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, That's a brilliant quote. Yeah, That's and like, I feel like it might be like Bird, Birds by Birds or something like that. Yeah. The book is called, and it's a guide on writing. It's really, really beautiful. And I remember reading that and thinking. Oh my god, I do, yeah. I do own everything because it's m- my narrative. Exactly. So if I retell it, well, that's actually <coughs> fine because yeah. it's because it's mine to do that with. And that's something I, I'm really concerned about in the collection. There's even a poem called Narrative. Yeah. And it's all about the way we, we write and tell stories yes. and how we change them and own them and they become what we want them to be. Because when you're a writer, you can take a situation. Yeah. And write about it to to become what you want it to be. Yeah, completely. Which is it's, which is both wonderful and terrifying. Yeah. Because that narrative is is you know it's basically a story. Yeah. And you know the the truth is slippery. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, and obviously in this collection, I'm saying, look, this could not be real because I'm literally using animal shapeshifting. Yeah. There's humans turning into animals here, so there's, a, there's something not real. Yeah. So how much of this is truth? How much of it is fiction? How much of it is storytelling? Yeah. And I want it to be deliberately subjective, going back to that symbolist tradition. Yeah. So. And then people make up their own internal yeah, decisions and yeah. their uh, instincts. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I had a class earlier this week where I tried to explain to them, um, and I used horror writing as, as an example just because I think it's the easiest genre to demonstrate it, that like sometimes when you leave blanks, the reader will fill in it's things that are worse it's than anything you will ever yeah. come up with. And I'm, re- I'm not saying that that... Yeah, sort it's of true. completely applies to the collection but in terms of mm. leaving blanks and saying well you can yeah. superimpose your own person or your own view of this it's situation powerful. it's tests all yeah. over again like yeah. I will, I will give it. you I will give you this information <laughs> and you can yeah I will put some dramatic fog in coming, <laughs> coming across the landscape and you can decide yeah. what happens behind the fog and we'll still be talking about it all this time yeah. later so yeah, yeah completely if only this could be a tiny fragment of test quality then I'm sure I will be happy and will be for years to come <laughs> absolutely oh, thank um, you. I have no doubt about that as well and can I just say that cover is absolutely oh, gorgeous. It's gorgeous so beautiful and oh. it was beautifully made because I sent her five or six poems mm. including the title poem I Ursula and some others and then I just let her do what she wanted yeah and um, so the, you can just see the bear on the back cover yeah yeah and it's a poem where I transform my husband into a hare so she uses all these different things and brings them into the cover this poem about cobwebs and it's just when it came back to me, it was amazing yeah. Yeah. to have their interpretation of your poetry. Because obviously I'm an illustrator myself. Mm. So when I had the collection, um, Sarah said, are you going to do your own cover? Yeah. But I said no, because I'd like to have someone else do it for me, because there's a pleasure in that, mm. yeah. to, see, to have that relationship with the artist mm. and see what they do with it. Yeah, this is beautiful, honestly, as, yeah. as is the contents. Oh, as are the contents. It's you. a beautiful thing inside and out. A bit like our guest, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Nicely done, Dan. Thank you. That's very smooth. <laughs> <laughs> that was very smooth. Like all of us. Um, would you mind finishing us off with a poem? Absolutely. Yeah. I'll a, read a poem of your choosing. Thank you. Um, I'm going to read the last poem in the collection. Okay. Um, and the title comes from Walden by Thoreau. Okay. It's called The Tonic of Wildness. I want to live somewhere wooded, so shade is an everyday thing. Lead me through dappled places where the trees rustle as the wind passes through. Let's build our house out of logs you fell so the sap can sink slowly through the walls. I want to get up early before the sun or children and glimpse a bear in the gap between our world and hers. Oh, you are good with engines and wires. You could capture the sun and wind. Enough to spin an old record on the nights I want you to hold me in front of the ash fire. We could talk as we gather food, smoke fish, pickle vegetables for the winter, see the jars lined up on the back of the shelf, jewels throbbing with preserved vitamins. Retreat is our kind of survival, even if it all has to crash, disintegrate and burn for us to grow enough forest to hide in. Keep your pockets full of acorns, Bury them in all the dirt you see. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. <laughs> Honestly, Ruth. Um, that feels like a really good note to finish on. Because I, I just so. want to go home and read the rest of Aya. She left totally honest. I'm just going to pop my phone into airplane mode and call it a day once this is all over. So Charlie's now going into hibernation. Yeah, I am hibernating week. with Aya Shilla for however long it takes me to read cover to cover. Oh, um, that was so beautiful. Thank you so much for reading because this is the first Sharing. time that we've actually had yes. a poet read on um oh, tip it yeah yeah we kept that quiet first time we didn't want to you know didn't want to put too much pressure oh. on the situation um but i ursula is published by v press yeah um so it is available through the v press poetry website yeah um or if you contact ruth via social media um is your twitter handle mermaids underscore drown yeah yeah, absolutely. Well, remember, right? I'm so and ready for there's this. There's a poem in here called Mermaid's Drown, which is where the, t- oh, the name came from. Wonderful. So, so, yeah. Oh my god, we're all about connectivity is, and one yeah. thing feeding another. Um, so you are welcome to contact Ruth directly via via the Twitter, um, and she can um, arrange for a signed copy, uh, which is the Brucey bonus of going to her yeah. directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is more than happy to do that. Um, Dan, do you want to give people our social media handles? Oh, that's on me. Isn't it? <laughs> for those of you who don't, uh, if you're listening for the first time, there's a bit 
bit of a long-running joke because I set up uh, a freakishly long... The longest um, Instagram tag in history is what you set up, Sunshine. <laughs> Everything else was taken, right? <laughs> so it falls to me this week, month, whatever time of year what it is. is time? <laughs> um, so I'll start with the easy one. If you search for us on the Facebook, we are Tea Biscuits and Books Podcast. Mm-hmm. That's kind of straightforward, isn't it, really? Yeah, that's the easiest one. Uh, on Twitter, we are at TBB underscore pod. We also have an elephant mail. Um, yes, an email. No, oh. Not an elephant. I not... was like, huh? Yeah, we've now adopted an elephant. I'm like, did we mascot. get something new? <laughs> we did. Well, you're getting unicorns. I should have an elephant. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'd rather have a leopard, but, you know. Elephant works as well. You know, you get what you give him. Exactly. (laughs) Um, So our email is tbiscuits... Oh, gosh. Try that again now. So close. So close. (laughs) Our email is tbiscuitsbookspodcast at gmail.com. And now for Instagram, as Charlie wrote it on her page, because she swapped letters around. Take a big breath, Dan. We are tea, like the drink, and what we're having right now, underscore biscuits, what we eat, Underscore books, what we read. Underscore podcast, what we do. Is it not the longest Instagram handle that you've heard in your life? It's just what it says on the tin. Yeah, I mean, at least it's accurate, but good God. I I initially wanted to go for the same as our Twitter channel, but someone nicked it. So hard. So, you know, life life reasons. Yeah, life reasons, that's fair. Um, so you are welcome to contact us on any of the social medias. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will be distributing this website through our Anchor channel. Website. This website! <laughs> this, um, oh my God, it's been such a long morning. Um, this podcast episode. Well done. Through, well not our website because we don't have one. Um, but through our social media channels and it will also be available on Anchor and Spotify, Spotify. and all of the all of the usual haunts once it once it's up and running. AKA when Dan actually manages to edit properly and figures out how to stop a microphone from recording. Yeah. <laughs> we could be here for a while. So we'll see you next decade. Yeah, we'll, um. see, we'll see you in 2021. Um, is that everything? Oh, thank you to Be The Change. Yes, absolutely. We've got a... Yeah, thank you to Be The Change. Um, them and their lovely tea. Um, thank you to Ruth for giving yes. up her morning, because it's been lovely to have you. And for putting up with our craziness for <laughs> the last couple of hours. <laughs> I've had a wonderful time. It's been a delight just chatting to you guys. It's the best type of work. It is. Mm. It is. What's work? Yeah, it's the best type of work. We're living yeah. the dream down. This we is, are. This is it. This it's is as good heaven. as it gets. <laughs> um... So I think that's all of my thank yous. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Charlie. Um, And we will be back in a few weeks. Should we just leave it a few weeks? Uh, Yeah, we'll just say a few weeks. We'll be back at an indeterminate point in the future, because what is time? Absolutely. Some point in the next few bits of time. Yeah, we'll be around. But (laughs) but we will announce it on social media when we know what date we're recording and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. Um, Because March is the busiest month, as it turns out. As oh, it yeah. turns out. So Dan and I are going to have to check our calendars, but we will keep people up to date and there will be a new episode soon. Absolutely. So we will see you very soon, guys. Thank you for Take listening. Take care, be good. Bye.